This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Well, we start our SGC, our spiritual growth campaign, and it's called Fight. Say Fight. Fight. Come on, say it louder. Fight. Those of you that are home, say it with me. Fight. Amen, amen, amen. This is a highlight for us every year, our spiritual growth campaign. And this year, I think we've done some great ones. And this spiritual growth campaign is phenomenal. You don't want to miss it. Now, let me tell you a little bit about a spiritual growth campaign. First of all, the spiritual growth campaign links with life groups, weekend services, and life groups. Uh, As we get started, I just want to encourage you, jump into a life group. Join a life group. Maybe they can go ahead and just pop up that life group code again. And as I'm talking, this is for you. Now, you may be watching me from New York. You may be watching me from Central Florida. You may be watching me in another country. We have a life group that you can jump into. We have virtual life groups. Now, what happens in a life group is once a week for six weeks. We can do anything for six weeks. For six weeks, what we do is what happens on the weekend, the weekend worship experience, links with the life group. And we talk about it. We learn how to apply it. We hear each other's stories of how they're living it out. And it drives the point deeper into our heart. And so if you're not in a life group, it's not too late. We haven't even started. It starts this week. Go ahead and sign up. The second thing I want you to know is that each week builds on the previous week. So will you make a commitment that for the next six weeks, you won't miss a weekend worship experience, either in person or online, for the next six weeks, every week links to the previous week, and I don't want you to miss any part of it. The next thing I want you to know is it's very important for you to get an SGC, a spiritual growth campaign kit. Now, in the kit are a lot of things. There's T-shirts, there's a water bottle, uh, there's a lanyard, there's stickers, uh, there's, most importantly, the devotional book and the life group discussion guides, the, the notes and discussion points for the life group. Now, in the devotional book, starting tomorrow, say tomorrow, tomorrow starts our six weeks, these next 40 days, our daily devotions. Every day is going to link to the theme of that week. That's in this book. The only way you can get this book is to get a kit. You can buy a kit on the way out today. If you're in person, if you're watching online, you can buy a kit right there online and we will get it to you this week. You need a kit. You need this devotional. The devotions start tomorrow. Now, the beautiful thing about the SGC is that weekend services align with life groups, but it also aligns with kids ministry, with youth ministry, with young adults, devotions. Everything is lined up for six weeks. Now, what we're going to be doing with your children, your youth, if you are a parent, is that we're going to be teaching. They're going to be having the same memory verse. They're going to be studying the same scripture each week, and we're going to be teaching them how to do daily devotions. They're going to be learning about it today. And we use a method called the SOAP method. Say SOAP. 
Now, I'm not talking about the soap that we get in the shower with, right? That's important too. Trust me, your neighbors would appreciate that. But we're talking about your daily devotions, S-O-A-P. Each letter represents an aspect of your daily devotion. So you're gonna have your guide. That's why this is important. Now, parents, I'm teaching you this because your children are gonna be learning it. Your youth are gonna be learning it. They're going to be soaping every day. And I want them to see mom and dad soaping as well. And that's why we want you to know what it's about. In fact, you can ask your kids on the way home, what was soap? And let them tell you about it. In the devotional every day, we're going to be a one-page scripture reading. There's gonna be a few explanations. And how do you soap? is you take the scripture, S stands for scripture. Say scripture, stands for scripture. And the scripture is is what's gonna be there. You read that, there'll be a few passages there and you begin to meditate on that. That's the O. The O, and if you're taking a journal, you're taking some notes, you begin to write the scripture, then leads to the observation. What are the observations from that scripture? What do you see there? What's Paul saying? What's Peter saying? What's that Old Testament uh, author saying? And you begin to observe observation, what you have just read from the scripture. We start with scripture, we move to observation, but then it moves to application. That's the A of soap. And that is how does it apply to me? The writer of old, whatever he is saying, whatever my observation is, now what does that mean for me today? We call that the rhema word, the fresh word, the word that God would have for you in your walk, in your journey, in your fight right now. What's the observation? Now, it's really good when you're writing this down, ask, maybe write out the scripture, the observations, write down a few observations that you're making from the scripture. But then the application, when you begin to write that application out, You're beginning to speak to yourself. You're making declarations. You're beginning to determine in your will and in your spirit, this is how you're gonna live it out. This is how you're gonna walk it out. And then the P of soap is just you begin to pray for a few moments about what that application point is, what your observation is off that scripture, and you're just beginning to commit it to the Lord, dedicate yourself to God, cleanse your heart, cleanse your life. And in that moment of prayer, you're making commitment to him. And so that's what soap is. Say it with me. Scripture with observation, application, and prayer. We soap it out every day. It can take five minutes. It can take an hour. Whatever it is to the depth you want to go, you can do it in just a few moments. The key is do it every day and let God speak through it. Now we get started today and I'm excited. As you can see, we're ready for the fight. Say it with me. Fight. We're going to win from within. And I believe that this series and this message especially is powerful for you. If we can, pause with me for a moment. Just bow your heads. I want God to bless not only today, but this whole spiritual growth campaign. Father, as we commit this to you. A lot's been done, a a lot of preparation. We've written this, we've developed this as a, a church, Christian Life Center for the people of Christian Life Center. But God, all of that we now submit to you and we ask you, each one of us, we ask you, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you reveal, would you grow us? Father, it's a spiritual growth campaign. So my prayer is that we will grow spiritually, that we will grow relationally in our life groups. 
Lord, I pray that through the next six weeks that this will be transformational. Will you put your hand over your heart, wherever you're at, especially my, my online audience, just put your hand over your heart right now and just say, God, transform my heart, transform my life. Father, do your work through your word. Father, I submit, I yield to that which you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen and amen. Well, this is the key, guys. We, as believers, we are fighting an invisible war. This invisible war comes at us in three different directions. In a sense, it's three different battles. We talk about two of them a lot, and this campaign is going to focus on one that we don't talk very much about. The first battle that all of us believers fight is a battle against the enemy of your soul. The enemy of your soul is out to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy of your soul, we call Satan, the devil himself, is your infernal foe. He's out to destroy the work of God and the plans of God. We're in a spiritual warfare. Can I just hear an amen? And the enemy of your soul is trying to keep you in spiritual darkness. There are some listening to me today that the reality is you're not where you need to be with God. And the enemy of your soul, the Bible says, the word of God says, the enemy of your soul has you blinded to the truth of God's word. He's trying to steal the word of God from your life. He's trying to keep you in doubt, in fear, in confusion. He's trying to keep your life in chaos. He's trying to steal the peace and the work of God. He's doing everything. Your eternal foe, Satan himself, is trying to do everything, everything he can to get you to step out of the will of God, to turn your back from God, to get you to doubt God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. He'll tempt you. And in that temptation, if you give in, that sin will separate you. Temptation is not sin. It's when I don't discipline my desires and I give in to the temptation that I sin. And that sin brings a separation between me and God. Temptation will get you to turn away from the truth. He will entice you. He'll lay bait out to you. He'll get your eyes focused on the cares of this world. He'll use deceit and, 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 and he'll come at your marriage. He'll come at your family. He'll come at your children. He'll do everything he can to get you to turn away from God. That is the enemy of your soul. The second battle that we will face is what's called the battle of this world. What do you mean the world is, it's the values of this world. This is an external foe. The infernal foe is the enemy, but the world is external. It's the systems of this world, the values of this world that we live in, the philosophies of thought, and it's influenced by the enemy of your soul. And therefore, people around you will mock you. People around you will ridicule you. People around you will get you to a place where, 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 where you start questioning your belief and, and, and what you've come to know is true and right in the word of God. The values of this world. They entice us and in those, in those values we begin to turn away from God himself. That's why Paul says in Romans 12... In verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, 
what's he talking about is the values, the philosophies, the ways of this world. We talk about the world a lot, the values, the systems, everything that's happening around us. Politics are a part of that. Wars and conflict is a part of that. Racism and prejudice is a part of that. Injustice is a part of that. It's the values and the ways of the world that's influenced by the enemy of your soul. They work hand in hand, but it's both going at the same thing, and that is your heart. Paul says to young Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter, actually, Timothy chapters, uh, uh, books, one and two, all through uh, first and second Timothy, Paul is saying to Timothy, the young preacher that would be leading a congregation, he says, the battle, the fight is intensifying. And I don't know about you, but in the last two to three years, I have felt like the fight is intensifying. I mean, the world and the values of this world is trying to break apart churches and believers and bring disunity and dissension and trying to squeeze us into the mold of the world. Again, it's the values, the philosophies, the systems of the world, and it's influenced by the enemy of your soul. We talk about that a lot, but over the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the third battle that all of us got to fight It's a fight. Sometimes we blame the devil. Sometimes we blame the world. But quite honestly, the greatest fight is within us. The greatest fight that we've got to conquer and win from within is the battle against the flesh. Say the flesh. It's the enemy within. I remember Charles Spurgeon, he used to train a lot of preachers and one young man got up and he was talking about all the armor of God and, and putting the armor on and he had actually armor that he was putting on and he was putting all that armor on and Charles Spurgeon was sitting out there with his assistant and then after this young preacher had all the armor on, he says, now where's the enemy? And Charles Spurgeon says he's within you. <laughs> the enemy is within and we've got to win from within. Say it with me. Win from within. Now, the flesh is the internal foe. That's what we're going to be talking about today. In our video, we call it the fruit killer. He comes after the fruit. He comes at you. And this spiritual campaign is all about it. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down, the fight is a battle within. You're the fighter, We said in the video, you're the fighter in the Lord's pursuit. I mean, you can see right now I got our, 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 this is me on the inside. Can you see it? (laughs) This is me. This is what I look like inside. (laughs) Nice. This is what I looked like when I got married. (laughs) And then all that good food and married life. (laughs) And then we'll leave it right there. This is me. This is you. You see, what I want you to see is inside, there's a battle. Inside, there's going to be a fight. Inside, we've got to see on the inner me, on the inner you, is the greatest battle, and we've got to win it. Spiritual warfare is a lifestyle. 
Too many believers, especially Pentecostal believers, think that spiritual warfare is just something we do at a prayer meeting. It's just getting to a church service and, and making some declarations. Can I tell you the greatest spiritual warfare is that I live day in and day out a lifestyle that comes against the enemy within, the enemy of my soul, and the enemy of this world, and I'm fighting a fight every single day. That's the greatest power and the greatest battle that we can win. The Apostle Paul talks a lot about it. In fact, we're going to study two passages in depth today. He talks about walking in the spirit and conquering the flesh. Now, Paul is very, very transparent. I'm about to read to you some transparency from Paul that he's, he's sharing this battle of the flesh and, and he's beginning to show us that we've got to win the fight and we've got to become victorious if we're gonna be what God wants us to be. Now, I wanna warn you. I just wanna warn you before we get into the scripture today. In fact, as I get ready to share it with you, I just wanna tell you, we're getting ready to go into some deep, deep theology and the question, I hope, is you're ready. Turn to your neighbor. Say, are you ready? Turn to another neighbor. Say, can you handle it? <laughs> can you handle it? Now, I want to encourage you, lean in. This isn't your normal message where it's just a, a, a few simple little thoughts and we walk away and we, we you know, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you how you win from within. And Paul's going to show transparency, and we're going to just study his life. Now, to do it, i got to go back and forth between two passages of Scripture. So if you've got paper Bibles, it's going to be a little easier for you because you can put a finger in one area and a finger in the other area, and we're going to go back and forth. Those of you that are using digital devices, uh, you're just going to have to be quick, right? You're going to have to go back and forth because they're going to correlate to paint a picture of how we win from within. I can't take you the next five weeks if I don't lay the foundation today. I've got to lay. It's more than just a cute video. It's more than just a great set design. It's more than just a boxer's outfit or athletic outfit. In fact, I sent my mom a text today and say, okay, get ready. You're not going to like my outfit today. So just get ready, mom. It's going to come. But I'm trying to fit within the theme. And it's more than just looking into a theme or, or looking at some props. Today, we're going to go to some depth. And I pray that you'll lean in. So nudge your neighbor, say lean in. Get ready, lean in. Father, as we open your word now, Father, I pray again. I pray a second time because, Lord, I need illumination. I need you to illuminate your word, the word of God to your people in your name. Amen. Two passages, Galatians 5, Galatians 5, and Romans 7. Galatians 5, let's get started. Verse 16. By the way, this is our memory verse this week. A spiritual growth campaign has a memory verse. The best thing to do is go home today, write it down on a card, on a sticky, put it somewhere, and every day, three, four, five times a day, recite, state that memory verse. Anytime you do a memory verse, make sure you say the verse with it so it logs in your mind to where it's at. So Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Paul says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. 
Now, because this is our memory verse, I want you to say it. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to say it with me, okay? So let's say it together. I know I'm, I'm short on time, but I want to get the memory verse in your heart. So say it with me. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want to do now that's our first passage let me take you to our second passage before I start unpacking Romans chapter 7 now I'm going to read from the living translation Romans chapter 7, and we're going to look at verse 18. Now, again, I got I to gotta lay it up. So remember, just lean in. Lean in for a moment. We got to get this foundation. Romans 7, 18, Paul, same writer, is saying, and I know that nothing, now here's his transparency, nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can anybody just identify for a moment, right? Come on, let's be transparent. I mean, I feel that. But I do what I don't want to do. He's talking about there's this war going on. I don't want to, but I do anyway. I am not really the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this precept or this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. You hear the civil war in him. I love God's law. I love the ways of God with all of my heart. But there's another power within me. You see, this is the war that we've got to win from within. There's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then all of a sudden, he says, thank God. Say it with me. Thank God. I mean, here's the moment where he says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Wow, what a powerful, deep passage. Paul is showing that there is a fight that every one of us battles. It's a fight of the flesh and the spirit, and this battle is going on. And he's giving us a very rare, a rare picture of transparency where he's struggling to please God, and he wants to, to conform to the image of Christ, and he wants to live with, with, with the Lord as the priority and the focus of his life, but yet there is a war that's taking place within. Now, let me define for you for a moment because it's going to be something we look at for the next uh, few weeks, let me define what the flesh is. Let me give you a definition of the flesh. First of all, the flesh is your sinful nature, we just read. Many call it, some translations refer to it as the carnal man. 
your carnal desires. That's your predisposition to do evil. You see, we are contaminated by sin. It's not just my physical or your physical body, but it's, it's that nature within me. It's my old patterns before I come to Christ. If I've yet to come to Christ, it's what's drawing me like a magnet and pushing me to do what is, uh, what is uh, uh, forbidden by God and, and what draws me away from God. But when I come to Christ, those unredeemed patterns of my life, they get redeemed. Thank God that's what he says. Thank God Jesus changes who I am on the inside. The carnal man, the sinful nature, that can be changed through the power of Jesus Christ. So when I'm regenerated, that means when I'm saved, when I'm regenerated, all of a sudden something begins to take place and now I think different, I act different, I have a different desire, something's pushing me differently than before when I was unsaved or unregenerated. Then I begin to see that there is something that drives me by the way I think, the way I act, the destination of my life. Everything begins to change. Can I just get a witness in the house? And by the way, God intersects us and he brings us to a place where our eyes are open. It'll happen to some of you today. Your eyes are open and you begin to realize that you need a savior in your life because your sin will separate you from God. And when you come to him and you confess your sin and you ask him into your heart and you ask him to forgive you of your sin, he transforms you at that moment. But then you've got to learn and that's where we're going to talk about how to walk it out. So the fight is the fight. Now this is me on the inside. This is you on the inside. The fight of the carnal man is a fight of learning how to overcome the influence of sin. Because we're pulled. The the inner man, the carnal man is pulled towards those old patterns. In fact, the Bible says when we give in to those old patterns, that old way of life, When we choose to sin, we are now walking in the flesh. Walking in the flesh means that I am controlled by my unredeemed habits. The old man is now controlling. The carnal man is now controlling. Now, remembering what we read a moment ago up in Romans chapter 7, I want you to turn over one chapter to chapter 8. Same book writing to uh, the church of Rome. And, and as Paul is writing, it's one chapter later. Remember, when he wrote this letter, there wasn't chapters and verses. So it's the same letter to the church and the believers in Rome. And in verse one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump over to the New King James Version. I want you to hear it from that translation. There is therefore, therefore, Therefore what? Well, he just told us about this, this, this battle, this fight that's going on with the spirit and the carnal man. And he says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation for who? Those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, you may want to circle the word in. That's a very, very important word when we talk about winning the war within. The word in is important because he says there is no condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. Who, here's the evidence, if you're in Christ Jesus, 
If you're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Why? Because you do not walk according to the flesh. Now, can I tell you, there's a lot of people in churches today that say they're in Christ, but they're still walking after the patterns of the flesh. You see, they've not learned to win from within. There's a fight, and they don't even realize how to win the fight. What's the evidence that you're in Christ? And if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation, is that you will not walk according to the flesh, but you'll walk by the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus, who made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. I'm born into the Adam nature. And therefore, because I'm born into this predisposition to follow the works of the flesh, because I'm born into that, there is a battle. But when I give my life to Christ, and I'm going to show you how in a moment to walk in the Spirit, when I do that, I have now victory. The Spirit of life in Christ. He's made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, the works of the flesh could not do, it, it, it was weak through the flesh. God did something by sending his son in the likeness of sinful nature and flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. He's talking about the redemptive work of Christ fulfilled in us. We are credited with Christ's righteousness when we accept Christ and we're in Christ. Now, I pre-warned you. This was going to be a deep message. Are you still with me? I hope I didn't lose anybody. You're still with me, right? For those of on online that weren't with me, they're already gone. But for the rest of you that are with me, I'm glad you're still there because it's going to get a little bit deeper. Are you ready? Turn to your neighbor. Are you ready? But it's so good. I love it, right? I love it. I, I just, I love it. He says, <laughs> I love it. On account of sin, he condemns it in the flesh and the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled, fulfilled now in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Do not walk according to the flesh. Walking, we know, Maybe let's use the, the illustration of a young baby that's learning, a young child that's learning to walk. That young child that's toddler that's learning to walk, there's, there's a dependency that they begin to depend on their legs, right? And they stand up and, and they're like wobbly, right? We're all like, ah! They're standing up, you know, we're all excited, you know, and there's this dependency that begins to take place on their legs. Their legs are going to carry them and move them. It's going to hold them up. Now, there's a destination. The destination is what they're trying to get to. If it's the couch or to mom that's calling or dad that's cheering them on, it's somewhere they're going to go. And the dedication of that toddler is that they're going to keep going. There's consistent movement. Now, the fight, the fight within is that we don't walk after the flesh. What does that mean, pastor? Is that I don't put my dependency on myself and my self-sufficiency and where I want to go and my needs. And therefore, I go at that. 
See, the problem is many of us come to Christ, and as we come to Christ, we don't turn away from the works of the flesh and the carnal man and decide to follow Christ. We continue to live in self-centeredness, focus on ourself. We continue to live by self-rule. I'm governing my own life. And I'm, and, and, I'm, and I'm doing what I desire. And all of a sudden, all I've done is I've begun to replace it with a few, God bless my life. God bless my path. God bless my family. In fact, our prayers just become about God. Bless, bless, bless. And you add whatever you want. But you see, the, the transformation that happens within And boy, over the next six weeks, there's going to be a transformation. The transformation is that all of a sudden, this sinful nature that's wanting to please itself, all of a sudden, a transformation begins to take place where now the desire and the hunger is to please our Master, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's not about my self-centeredness or my self-rule anymore. All right, here's a question for you. Is it possible To be living for God and walking in the works of the flesh. Wow. You may want to pick that up in your life group and talk a little bit. See, what Paul would say to you and I is outwardly, we can appear like we're living for God. But yet inwardly, we have not allowed our sinful carnal man, our sinful nature to be Redeemed. And therefore, I would suggest that the answer is that we can't do both at the same time. We can't walk after the flesh. And therefore, by walking after the flesh, reject God. And at the same time, say, God, I want your will, your ways, and I want to follow you. That becomes the fight. In fact, Galatians says that that within God rejects when man tries to do it his own way. He refers to Abraham and Sarah, how they concocted their own plan on how to fulfill the promise of God. And Galatians says that that he was a, a son of the flesh, speaking of Ishmael, and that God rejected Ishmael. What was Ishmael is he was a product of the flesh. Sarah and Abraham didn't think that God could do what God had promised. And when you use the flesh and therefore reject God, God is going to reject the product of what comes from that. And therefore, we must understand this if we're going to grow in our spiritual life. You with me? All right. Let's talk then about the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh. Go back over to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, I'm still there in Romans chapter 8. Let's go down to verse 5. Same context, Galatians, Romans 7 and 8. Paul, same writer, same person. He's doing two different lessons at two different times to two different churches. And in Romans 8, 5, he says this. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For, the, for to the carnal minded, it leads to death, spiritual death. 
and sometimes physical death. But to the spiritual minded, it leads to life and peace. See what Paul was saying to you, listen guys, the flesh, the carnal man, the carnal man, the fruit killer of your life wants to kill the work of the spirit in your life. Why is this a fight that we've got to win from within and continue to fight it and continue to win? It's because if we overcome the flesh, we get life and peace. I've told you before, we underestimate the peace of God. And the peace of God comes when we overcome the works of the flesh. The flesh wants to kill the peace of God. The flesh wants to kill the purpose of God. The promise of God. That that which God has planned and purposed for you. The reality is you can't do both at the same time. Live according to the works of the flesh. Walk in the ways of the flesh. And walk in the spirit. All right, all the guys in here, you'll understand this. Ladies, too. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. All afternoon, some of you are going to be watching football all day today. Some of you watch football. Now, I'm not talking soccer. I'm talking, doesn't make sense, right? People around the world say, why do you call it football? That's soccer. You throw your, but anyway, we're going to watch football all day, American football. You're going to have on the field at any one time an offense and a defense. They have different goals. The offense wants to move the ball. Spiritually, we have a different goal. The Spirit wants you to move in life and peace and the purpose of God. But there is a defense that's trying to stop the offense from moving. In your life, the defense is the works of the flesh. It's the carnal man. You see, the flesh is in opposition to the spirit. So if you're making spiritual progress, the defense is trying to block you. Now here's the battle for us as believers is we're fighting three different enemies. We're fighting the enemy of your soul. We're we're fighting the world and the values of this world. And it's not just politics. And it's not just the things we think. It's a value system that's in the world. And as believers, we've got to be unified because there's a value system and we're fighting the flesh. So you're making progress. You're moving forward. But the defense is trying to block you. And you're caught, Paul says, you're caught in this fight, this battle. It's a fight of the flesh and the spirit. And they're in opposition to one another. And we've got to be determined, be determined that we're going to be victorious. I'm going to tell you how in just a moment. Go a little bit. Oh, no, no. Flip over to Galatians 6. Let me read it to you from there. Galatians 6. We already read verse 16 and 17. I say to you, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Galatians 5.16, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I'm reading from the living translation. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. It's offense, defense, or fighting against one another. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These are what? Two forces. And they're constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. 
All right, so let me, let me take it a little bit deeper. I know my time's slipping. You still with me? Okay, I told you it was going deep. I just, we're, we're reminding you. I don't see any red lights in the auditorium. I done lost my audience online. <laughs> let me give you some illustrations here. So Paul says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results, verse 19, are very clear. So if I walk according to the sinful nature, the results are going to be clear. He says, first of all, in fact, I'm going to categorize them in three categories. And we're going to be looking at these categories over the next several weeks. But he says, first of all, you're going to be fighting this battle. And this battle within is going to be a battle of your morality. I'm going to call it impurity. You know what? I better put that one over here over his heart. See, that's me and it don't want to stick there. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Come on. I'm not usually funny, but when I try to be, at least humor me. There's the lustful pleasures. It's a morality. Verse 19 and 20, he'll say that, that, that when you give in to the sinful desires, sexual impurity, lustful pleasures, when you begin to give in to these things, he says... The evidence of it. So if you're giving in to impurity and lustful pleasures and and immorality, adultery and homosexuality, when you're giving in to these issues, what he says is you're walking after the flesh and not the spirit. The second category is he begins to talk about your faith, your religion, idolatry and and sorcery, your, your faith. So your, what idolatry is, worshiping something and putting it above God, making it a priority. I've seen sports be an idolatry. I've seen uh, careers be idolatry. I've seen education be idolatry. I've even watched people put their families to a place that it becomes idolatry and they quit following God because of their family. And he says when that happens, that idolatry, all of a sudden your faith begins to be shifted. The third category is he begins to list a lot of things socially. He says socially you can be in hostility. He says that you can be quarreling. Quarreling. You're always disruptive. You're always cursing. You're always just saying things. You're always fighting. You're never, you know, you just never get along with anybody. You're quarreling all the time. You got selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. He says you got gossip What's gossip? Well you talk about something with your mouth Yeah, You talk about somebody To somebody else who's not a part of the problem Or a part of the solution That's gossip Disunity Hits the belt Disunity And man this is what really disturbs me This, This last 18 months I've seen so much disunity in the body of Christ. Envy, jealousy, they're different. Envy and jealousy. These are the works of the flesh. In verse 20, it says there's idolatry, there's witchcraft, there's hatred, there's jealousy, there's fits of rage, selfish ambition. He begins to talk about dissensions. 
dissensions that are taking place, place the, 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 the fractions and the, and the bickering and the drunkenness and the orgies. And he says, and the like. <laughs> he says, I'm just getting started, but I don't have time to list anymore. I'm already going, whoa, wow, you're so much. You see, with the flesh wants to stop you. The flesh wants to keep you from growing. It wants to keep you from growing and going and being what God wants you to, to be. And the reality, it begins to overwhelm you. So in verse eight, look here, go back, if you will. The Romans chapter Chapter 8, verses 8 through 12. Let me back, back up at verse 6 again. He says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature, Romans uh, here in verse 7, is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And so we want to win this battle. And in my final moments, we want to talk about how do we defeat? You know, if I were a boxer, I'd be putting on some gloves and, and we would begin to say, how are we going to defeat the flesh? How are we going to win this battle from within? How are, we going to, how are we going to begin to knock these things and conquer these things in our life? Can I hear an amen? How are we going to win this battle? Look here. I want to go further. In verse 9, he says, but you, say, but me, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're not controlled, but you are controlled. You're controlled by what? The Spirit, if the Spirit of God is living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them, they don't even belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit will give you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God has raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same. The spirit living, the same spirit that's living with you is going to give you that life. Therefore, everything I've just said, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no, what's the word? Obligation to what? To live by your natural urges anymore. You see, we can overcome it through the power that's in the Spirit. What we have to do is we have to take on the offense. We got to walk in the Spirit. We got to begin to see that there's victory and strength. That's why in, in Galatians 5, he's showing that there's this contrast that's going on. If we've crucified the sinful nature, then we are going to crucify its passions and its desires. And we're going to live by the Spirit and we're going to keep in step with the Spirit. Now, what he's saying to you and I, and he's saying is that you and I, we don't have to follow these desires. We can overcome them. When we walk in the Spirit, we're not walking any longer after the flesh. We sang it all morning. We have become overcomers. 
What does it mean to be an overcomer? Primarily, it means that I have overcome the works of the flesh. And so it's just wanting to fall off me. So let's just, we begin to knock, right? We're winning a spiritual battle and these things begin to fall off. Now, some things are harder to fall off than others. And that's the work of the Spirit keeps walking and working within you and I. I want you to notice here in this passage, in Galatians chapter 5, I want you to understand the, the progress and the progression that takes place. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we, here's, look at here, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now he's going to go on and he's going to tell us that there's a progression. That when you live by the Spirit, you're keeping in step with the Spirit. And when you do, you don't gratify the works of the flesh. Too many people are going after these things and they're trying to overcome them. And Paul says, listen, the order is wrong. You walk in the Spirit and you will overcome the works of the flesh. You see, when I put my walk towards the things of God and the work of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God, I'm walking by the Spirit, I defeat the flesh. Living by the Spirit, say it with me, defeats the flesh. We become victorious and powerful. So how do you do it in our final moments? How do you win from within? I want to leave you with two thoughts. I don't have time to unpack them. However, I've unpacked it before, and where I've unpacked it before is in sermon series, and I'd encourage you, if you want to go back and look online, I've got a couple messages that are there that'll help you to understand, because you can win from within, first of all, by being spirit-filled and spirit-led. Say spirit-filled and spirit-led. How do I punch and begin to win the battle is that I make sure that I'm filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is where the Holy Spirit now is taking control. It comes as we seek God's infilling and I, and I seek to, to, to know Him in a deeper way and to glorify Him. I receive through the seeking of the Spirit of God in my life, the empowerment of the Spirit. I, I even receive what's called a prayer language. I, I receive an ability to commune with God. And as I commune with God in my prayer language, it strengthens the inner man. Being Spirit-filled, when I'm filled with the Spirit, I am then being able to be led by the Spirit. So in verse 16... I say, let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in Galatians 5, 16, he says, let it fill and guide your life. So when I'm filled with the Spirit, what's happening is I'm being empowered and strengthened, and the Holy Spirit now begins to guide me and lead me, and it helps me to walk and be what God wants me to be. What does it mean for my life? Being Spirit-led is the Spirit is in control of my life. And I'm focused on the ministry of Christ. I'm focused on the mission of Christ. I'm focused on 
starving the flesh and feeding the spirit. And when I starve the flesh and fill the spirit, I deny the works of the spirit and the the works of the flesh and the spirit man comes alive. So I live by the Spirit, and when I do, I'm controlled by the Spirit. I'm praying, I'm reading the Word, I'm in worship service, I'm discussing the Word of God, and and I'm getting with other believers that are encouraging me. Every one of those is a punch to the works of the flesh. I don't feed it anymore. I flee, and when I flee the works of the flesh, I become an overcomer in Christ. Can I hear an amen? It's a spiritual fight. And the Holy Spirit will give you the power to move forward. Say, move forward. When you feed the Spirit. Now, I want to encourage you in your life group. In your life group discussions, I want to encourage you to talk about what it's meant for you to be filled with the Spirit. And give some examples of how you've been led by the Spirit. Because it will encourage one another. Now, if you'd like to know a little bit more about how to be filled with the Spirit and how to receive the baptism, what's sticking on me here? Envy is getting on me. Well, I'm just going to get rid of envy. Can I say amen? (laughs) If you want to know a little bit more about how to be filled with the Spirit and how to be led by the Spirit, I got two sermons on our archives And both of them are by those titles of past series over the last five or six years, how to be led by the Spirit and how to be Spirit-led. And we walk through 40, 45 minutes of just how to live that. The second way that you overcome the flesh. The first is what? Be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. The second is I've got to put on the fruit of the Spirit. Same passage, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and it's just, it's just showing us that all of this is the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, say it with me, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, I'm putting on. It doesn't happen automatically. I've got to to begin to live a life that walks after the Spirit. The more I put on the fruit of the Spirit, I learn how to live with joy. I learn how to live a life of patience and kindness, goodness, faithful, gentle, self-control. I've got to learn how to put that on. See, carnality leads to the flesh, but when I'm led by the Spirit, it leads to putting on the fruit of the Spirit. Over the next few weeks, what we're going to do in life group is we're going to begin to unpack how do you put that on? How do you walk in that? How do you become more like Christ, the image of Christ and the nature of Christ? How are, how are you living so that you're, you're with full assurance that you're in Christ, putting on the fruit of the Spirit? Say it with me, fight. Win from within. Turn to neighbor, say win from within. We're going to fight. Now, in a few moments, I'm going to begin to open up this altar, and we're going to begin to go into a time of deeper prayer and intercession for those that are in the audience in the auditorium live today. But for those of you that are watching by live stream, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I'm thankful 
that you have chosen to make Christian Life Center your church and a part of your ministry each week is linking together, coming together, talking about the word. We were at a baptism yesterday and one of our online viewers drove all the way from Daytona to be baptized yesterday at the beach. I mean, as I was baptizing him, and I asked a little bit of a story at that moment, and he told me that all I could think of was all of you that are watching my live stream. We're partnering with you, and we love you. Audience, let our live stream know we love them. We love you, and we want you to know that we're walking with you. If you're not in South Florida, we're here. We're here. We want to be with you. We want to journey with you. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for our virtual audience. I thank you for the CLC nation. You're rising up around the states and around the world that are a part of Christian Life Center's ministry. And today I bless them. And I pray, God, that you're going to help them to make that step to get into a life group. You're going to help them to begin to encourage one another virtually to grow in their faith, to overcome the works of the flesh and the carnal man. And Father, as they walk in the Spirit, Give them power. Give them strength. Give them encouragement. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you to my online audience. Have a great day. I'm going to send it back to our host. God bless you. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.